Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Club. Get your ass up. Get it your time to get it off your chest whether you're mad or blessed so you better have the same energy we want to hear from you on the breakfast club hello who's this hey breakfast club it's chris out of Toledo, ohio what's Please, up bro? king get it off your chest man hey good to hear from you guys man really nice that i really got through uh i just want to say thank you to dj envy angela e you guys always talk about uh real estate I just bought my first house. Yay! Uh, it's fantastic, and I'm sitting here, and I got my three-month-old baby with your name, Summer. Congratulations! Congrats, That's, I was looking at houses this morning when Envy came in. <laughs> That's great. Man, it's a really good feeling, back to back, newborn baby and a new house. What's well, to- toast Congrats. to you and to your family? That's amazing. What those interest Thanks. rates look like? What those interest rates look like, though? Uh, two and a half, man. Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. Congratulations. So you put down, what, three and a half percent? Uh, I got also a welcome home grant that everybody should look into. The state of Ohio covered $5,000, so I walked out of there without putting down any tax or closing costs. I tell everybody there's a million and one grants out there. All you got to do your homework. You got to pay PMI, though, right? Yeah. All right, yeah, but but still, you ain't got to, you ain't had to put down no money. That is a great... Congrats, congrats, congrats. Fantastic feeling, man. Thank you guys again. And also, want to shout out Charlemagne, too. Thank you for your help with the mental health. Thank you, King. Appreciate and you, you know brother. Thanks, God. If you can, DM me, because I want to um, find out about that grant so I can put people on to that grant. So if you can, uh, DM me. Welcome home okay, in Ohio. Will. All right, brother. Yeah. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up? This Mike, man. Mike, what up? Get it off your chest, Mike. What's up, what's up? Hey, I got to call and get this off my tip, man. It's, it's kind of the topic that y'all was talking about yesterday with space. Hey, man, I, 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 I got to tell y'all, man. So the difference between surface earth and flat earth, man, we, we got to get on this topic anymore. We got to. Oh, boy. So you believe in the flat earth? Surface earth and flat earth? What is surface earth, sir? Okay, well, you know, the earth that they say, you know, the regular earth side that they say go on now with the... The one you live on. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So-called live on. Okay, so if you say we live on that, Charlamagne, which I disagree on that, then how can you get... Okay, if you was a Christian, which I'm not, but if you was a Christian, you was taught that on the sixth day, uh, God made something that separated the heavens, the heavens above and earth. So that would be something like a firmament, right? I don't believe I don't believe everything in the Bible, but tell me I need to know before we even continue this conversation. What do you think we're living on before we even continue? What are we living on right now? So you you want to hang up the phone, but uh, no, I don't. I asked you a question. Listen, I think I think I think we kind of live on something like it's kind of flat, but we have we have like a, a dome on top of it. <laughs> okay, we in a globe. Okay, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we in a globe, but at the same time, um, <laughs> do you want to go to outer space? Like, do you think somebody shakes the globe every now and then to make it snow? Come on, man. Come on. I'm just now. asking on, a question. Serious. What's no, wrong? No, 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 seriously. Seriously. Like, how can okay if, if you if you can if you can explain that, mm-hmm. then explain to me how can you see uh how can you see uh rainbow rainbow is always <laughs> 
That's what rainbow. Everybody knows. Everybody knows rainbows are when angels are eating Lucky Charms. Yo, and and him, the Lucky Charms bowl is reflecting off the dome. And everyone's okay? shaking. And, and that's what causes the rainbow. And sometimes you oh shake and you get God. a rainbow. Well, he made a lot of good points this morning. Thanks for calling. Have a good day, sir. Man, come on, y'all. Uh, what? I didn't say. I didn't. I didn't discredit you at all. Oh, I just said you made a lot of good points. I'm with you. We live in a globe, bro. You gotta love our breakfast. That's why you gotta go to space. That's why more people gotta go to space so they can see that the Earth is not flat. I think he's in space. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent or explain how the Earth, we live in a globe. Whatever it may be, call us. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is King Gemini. What's up? DJ Loose Booty and Dr. Lenard <laughs> and Angela Yeah, How y'all doing today? Hey, Dr. Lenard is fine. Morning. DJ Loose Booty yeah, is here. Angela, yeah. yeah. How much? Like that, huh? How much? How much you charge for your services, DJ Loose Booty? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, doctor. I think sixty nine hundred is a good is a good starting price for you. Hey, you right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I take care. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. Hello, who's loose this? Booty. Loose Booty. <laughs> loose Booty. Hello, who's this? Y'all, y'all funny. So my name is KJ the Blunt Man out of St. Augustine, Florida. I wanted to share a little bit of positivity this morning. Talk to me, Blunt yeah, Man. man. Uh, I definitely just wanted to say everybody give y'all family members a call and give them some motivation and inspiration this morning. And while y'all at it, check out my new song, Empower, and my Empower Clothing line at Empower with, Empower Clothing with a K, dot com. Okay. All right, King. Empower. Empower Clothing with a K. It's lit. We worldwide. We get celebrities on it right now. Y'all don't want to miss out. Envy, I sent you the song for your uh, IG message. I know you don't check it, but it's okay. Blunt man, I think you need to change the papers too, man. All that tobacco gonna eventually catch up to you, brother. I don't smoke. So why they call you Blunt man? Because he's blunt. My last name. That's my last name. <laughs> oh, your last name is Blunt. Okay. All right. Well, salute to you, King. Hello, who's this? Hello. Hey, what's your name, brother? Hey, yeah, yeah, bro. What's up, man? Hey, yo, hey, yo. Good morning, y'all, man. I'm good to hear from y'all. I always listen to y'all, bro. I'm from North New Jersey, Thank you, man. Sir. My name is Bill. And everybody know me from Bill, but I wanted to get off my chest because I've been... I've been uh, Uh-oh. You what? I've been, I've, been, I've been drinking. I've been drinking. What'd you say, you sir? Huh? I was, I was locked up in jail and at the county correctional facility. How long? I was, uh, I was um, for 15 months. And okay. I was held for a robbery I had never committed. Oh, Due to the um, um, pandemic, when it dropped on me, I was forced to um, be able to um, uh, take a ground a downgraded charge for theft instead of a robbery. And I just wanted to get off my chest, man, because the um, the correct the correct facility is corrupt like a mob. It is. That's what they need to call it, the corruption facility, because they're not trying to correct nothing. Hey yo, they ain't they ain't trying to correct. Shit. Now, I was exposed, right? It's crazy because they they ask for people to get help, actually, but actually they ain't doing nothing about shit, they ain't doing about nothing, man. Yeah, they should they should they, they should have trades in there for y'all to learn. So when y'all come out, y'all can have like some some cer- some certified what? training. And, 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 and on another note, it's mad drugs and shit 
it's like that's, 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 that's going on around the drug system. And they and they got uh, um they got a drug uh, they got a uh, drug program with um with people to get off addiction with um taking suboxone and all that shit. and and the people ain't really um seeking help for it. They using that. Shit. Sir, next we, time you as as a, a, a community. About being black, <laughs> we all need to get it together, and we all need to change these systems because everybody corrupts it around this motherfucker. Uh, I agree with you. Bill from North, North Jersey, man. <laughs> That's right, what Bill. I want to get off my chest, bro. Yes, okay. sir. Bill, fresh out. not safe for work. He don't know that he can't not curse on the radio. Yeah, He's been locked up he for 15 months. He just got locked months, up. He pissed okay? off. He's listening to podcasts. He's been listening to all that cursing on podcasts. He don't know no better. Hello, who's this? Hey, how's it going? It's Fernando. Good morning. Good What's morning, up, man? Fernando? Get off your chest. Yes, sir. How's it going? Uh, I got a quick question for Charlamagne, man. Yes, sir. I me ask you a question. I don't know if somebody ever asked you this, but who's your top three donkeys of all time? And will you ever consider them? Consider giving donk, a donkey Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the year, we do a top five donkeys of the year. I don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. Top donkeys of all time. Donald Trump is definitely in the top three. I mean, I, I've given it to him more than anybody, and um, I'm gonna always put myself in the top three because I always say, you know, when you give people the credit, you got to give everybody the credit they deserve for being stupid, including yourself. I don't know who the third one would be though. <laughs> Sounds fair, sounds fair. Yeah. Y'all want to clue Braun for the Breakfast Club. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, All right, have a good one. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about sugar daddies. Now, Angela Yee yes, said Andy. she hasn't had a sugar daddy. Now, Charlemagne, would you like to uh, confess about anything? I don't know what you're talking about. What you about to lie about? I'm not gonna lie. You didn't have an older person that you that was giving you money. The older person that was giving me money. What yes. are you talking about? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you had an older lady that was giving you some money. But how did that make her a sugar daddy? Or sugar mommy? Uh, did I have a sugar mama? Yeah. I, if that's what you, I didn't know you could have a sugar mama, but I definitely had an older woman. It's the same uh, thing. Yeah. Back in the day. Now, what was she giving you money for? Sex. <laughs> how so, much was your sex worth? She would give me like two, three thousand dollars. Two, three thousand dollars. No, yeah. you told us a hundred before. You I ain't never told y'all that lie. Chicken wings. Yes, she, she, would, she would give me fried chicken. She would give me fried chicken. <laughs> she give me fried chicken and Twinkies, and she would always give me like two, three thousand dollars. Right. And a car service home. Your sex is worth fried chicken and Twinkies. And two, three thousand dollars and a car service home. <laughs> you, you never said two or three thousand before. That's a lie. I've always said two or three thousand. So wait a minute. So with the what that got to do with sugar daddies though? Was it was that grandchild's Twinkies that you were eating? She ain't got no grandkids. Mm. You still speak to her? Now, I will nope. say this. I'm looking at these rules, right, to know about uh, sugar dating. And this what? The first of sugar dating. It's called sugar dating. Can diabetic sugar date? Sugar... No. <laughs> stay realistic. Successful men seek out sugar babies for a reason, and you need to stay in tune with that. Have the terms and details laid out. They also said the best way is to back yourself unquestionably. So you have to be a fantastic companion, and he'll believe it, too. And be gracious. They're going to shower you in gifts, likely from the very first date. So be gracious about it. From new outfits to money for a new haircut before a nice dinner. It's all part of the arrangement. Okay? All right. Well, we got Destiny on the line. Destiny, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Now, you had a sugar daddy? Destiny definitely had yes, a sugar daddy. How old was he and how old were you? I was 18 years old. He was like 50 years old. Jesus Christ. And how much money did he give you? Oh, he was pitching out money to me, my brother, my mom, my sister. Wow. 
And what did you have to do? Nothing. Just some conversation all day. Just conversation? Did you ever have to have sex with him? No, not at all. All he wanted to do was sit on the phone and talk and want to know how my See, day I was. Told you. I was doing. Did he leave you in his will? No, he didn't die. Oh, he's still alive. He's alive. Why do you think he's dead? Yes. <laughs> how old are you Why now? You off? I'm 22 now. I turned 23 next month on the 13th. Oh, so he only like 54 now. He's young. Do you still speak to him? No, not at all. Because he got some sugar. Oh, he wanted, he wanted to, he, want, uh, <laughs> he was getting that. So, so that's, that's the thing. Is he a Are you a sugar daddy if you're not getting none of the sugar? You, that's part of you're the thing. Still, I told you're, you. You're still considered a sugar daddy because of the stuff that you're giving up to a younger person. Yes, you're still considered a sugar daddy. But when she put access to sugar my way, oh, that's when she become not my sugar daddy. Do you miss him? No, not one bit. Okay. Was he white or black? He was actually white. Oh, okay. 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 You had a man yeah, daddy. daddy. You ain't that's a that's a sodium daddy. That's mayonnaise. <laughs> Shut up, man. Hello, who's this? Melissa. Hey Melissa, you got a sugar daddy? No, my daughter's right. What? How old's your daughter? Wow. Twenty-six. Okay, how old is her sugar daddy? Eight fifty two. Mm. She she gives he gives her money? Yeah. Does she have to give up some sugar? Yes. <laughs> Wow. How do you feel about that, Mom? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Did you have a sugar daddy? Did she learn from you? Yeah, you know she did. No, she learned from my cousin. <laughs> no, no, it, either way, diabetes runs in y'all family. Okay? Is it, does the sugar daddy get stuff for you, too? Um, no, not really. Is he older than you? Yes. God damn. It's kind of disgusting, don't you think? Y'all done adopted a granddaddy. Oh, my God. What? Is he a nice guy, at least? He taking care of the whole house, huh? What does he do for a living? He a hustler. He a hustler. Is he white or black? A black. Okay. Oh, you mean he a hustler like a drug dealer? Yeah, yeah, he a drug dealer. I know. He, just, he works all over the town. That's wild. Could you imagine your mom's calling in talking about my daughter got a, a, a sugar daddy? And my daughter gives up the sugar? Well, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, bro. That's her mom. He, isn't your mom your best friend? I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Hello, who's this? This is Lacey. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, Lacey. You morning. had a sugar daddy? Yes, I've had one. And I told him 75, but he's probably like 68 to 70. But he's old regardless. <laughs> but he doesn't want nothing from me. Like, he just wanted to take me out and show me a good time. Like, he never asked for anything. Like, he helped me start my LLC and everything. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> How old were you? That's what I'm talking about. I'm, well, when I'm 25 right now. That was literally like probably two years ago. But wow. We How'd you find him? How'd you find him? He actually started coming to my job, like where I used to work at. I used to work at um a little convenience store called Parkers down here. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, he used to come there all the time because he does construction. He, he owns his own construction business. Parkers. So. Yes, girl. Yes. What is that? Parkers. I live in Savannah. Savannah. Georgia. Okay. So, but that's, yeah, Savannah area, yeah. So he took you out of Parkers. He got you your own LLC. What's the LLC called? I love my granddaddy age LLC. <laughs> what is it? Listen, I make lip gloss. It's called Dope Gloss. Dope Gloss. Okay. It's on Instagram, Dope Gloss underscore. And where he at now? Where's he at now? He is in Buford. He's literally like an hour away from me right now. You, you don't... Listen, it's, it's so crazy because we barely even talk. He just really messes with me. Like, I could call him anytime and he'll be there, like, to do whatever it is that I need. What's the most like, he ever we, gave you? What's the most he ever gave you? Um, well, I was just 
say he just does things for me. Like he helps me with my car. Like you know, he he never really gives Whatever me money. Need, money. Yeah. He just helps me do things that I need to be doing to get I, me. I respect it. I didn't know that you could be a sugar daddy if you wasn't actually sleeping with said individual. I That's learned something this morning. No, you don't have to. <clears throat> Listen, y'all, but before y'all hang up on me, I sent all three of y'all a video yesterday. Like, I want y'all to help me get my credit right. Like, how that lady was. I'm only 25. Nope. Call your granddaddy. You call your, call your, call your granddaddy. Call your granddaddy. Ask him to help you get, get your credit right now. Don't do that. <laughs> Oh, I have one more question for you. When you have a sugar daddy, can you have a boyfriend and then also have a sugar daddy help fund things on the side? I did, but see, the situation with the boyfriend, he he was in jail. But, yeah, we just don't go on about <laughs> Goodness it. gracious. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank when he, you, when he coming home? Oh, no, I don't mess with him no more. Oh, okay. He out of here. Yeah. yeah that means he, he won't be home till he your sugar daddy age. That's what you're telling us right now. Oh, that or he cheated on her. <laughs> nah, in jail? Yeah, definitely. That's what it was, DJ Envy. In jail? <laughs> Well, no, he was talking to an ex. Oh, okay. Lord have mercy. Yeah, it's a lie, y'all. I'm about to say, we're about to get another good story. All right. Well, what's the uh, moral of the story? I have no idea what the moral of the story is because I'm totally confused on what Sugar Daddy is. Because when I think Sugar Daddy, I think I always think of Anne and Nicole Smith. Mm. God bless the day. It's like being a dominatrix, like with dominatrices, with their clients. They don't sleep with them. And it's kind of like with Sugar Daddies, you don't sleep with them. They just like to pay for things. You know, there's guys that just like to give you money and pay for things. They just like it. Yeah, we call those philanthropists. Maybe y'all should call them philanthropist poppies or something instead of sugar daddies. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Wake that ass up in the morning. Check out this Breakfast Club Rewind. Yesterday, I accidentally sent $5,000 to somebody I didn't know on Cash App. You know how much money that is? Somebody's whole first of the month is going to be amazing tomorrow. No, it's not. They yes, got to get that is. back. Why would you take it back? I need that. You don't know where this person lives. I don't know where You don't know what their is. struggle is. I'm right. And this person might be an evil, bad person. But we don't know what this person's struggling with right now. God, you might have actually really helped someone. God sometimes lets things happen to you so he can be a blessing through you. And I know. you are a vessel. Let me send $50. I'll send $50. <laughs> Taking you back, back, back with the classic Rewind. Rewind. It's the Breakfast Club. I, I thought really? this was a podcast. Power 1051. The Breakfast Club. Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, <laughs> Angela <laughs> Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Michael Blackson. What's up, motherfucker? What's happening, my brother? I'm doing good, man. Now, he was because of my Milwaukee Bucks jersey. That's New right. is a Bucks fan today. Yeah, he's I'm, a Bucks fan. I'm today. not a Bucks fan. I'm a fan of the city because Milwaukee is the first city to ever syndicate this ghetto-ass show called The Breakfast Club. Keep listening. It was. And this jersey is Chris Middleton. He's from Charleston, South Carolina. And you the just found that out. No, I've been through that. You just found that out. No. This is the first time I heard him say it. That's a lie. Exactly. They say this all the time. I told them this when they busted the Brooklyn Nets ass. I told them Chris Middleton was from the 843 well, Portugal High School. All the ugly n****s are from South Carolina. That's an ugly Chris Middleton, you got too much money to fix your f-ing teeth, my nigga, okay? You don't have any dental plant in South Carolina? Is any dentist within 3,000 miles of the city? <laughs> fix your f-ing mouth, nigga, you're a champion. <laughs> Michael Blackson, though. How was Vegas? Vegas was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was there. I went and checked out my boy, uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, they had a big concert there. Mm-hmm. Him and, um, who's that? Joe Rogan, and it was a great show. Did you, did you come out? Did no, you, no, I just wanted to just support and just check them out. Holler at Dave. 
He has some idea for some stupid movie he want me to do with him. <laughs> Why do you call it stupid? Because um, he says the movie's going to be called African movies. You know, because you ever watch these African movies that yeah, just look yeah, so yeah, over-exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. So he said, let's do this over-exaggerated movie. And he showed me a little clip of what the idea was. It's a clip about this this one gunshot. This guy gets shot. And the bullet's coming at him, and then he ducks. It's a stupid-ass movie. Was he serious? Or he was just playing with you? But it's it's, com- it's going to be comedy. It's called African movies. Meaning African movies are uh, Muslim look stupid. Yeah, so. yeah. Not like like Wakanda type African movie, more like it's stupid. You gonna do it? Oh yeah, yeah. Anything with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so you just call it stupid. Anything Dave touches, yeah, I'm gonna do that stupid ass movie. You don't think they'll be mad at you though? They'll be like, oh, you reinforcing negative uh, stereotypes yeah, of African comedy. <laughs> you could do whatever when it has to do with comedy. I don't even know what that means no more, Mike. I'm gonna what, be honest with you. I know what I, I know what I find funny and I laugh at, and I I agree with you. Things are just comedy, but people like like y'all can't be comedians no more. I never stopped being a comedian. That you know. go far sometimes. So I know people uh, gotta get mad. At you see what I'm saying? You see what he just said? No, you go too far. Today's day, I know he. They was. But look at the crazy what's going on. The f- I heard the the, the f- girl is pregnant. The girl that like what's young M A. Young M A is pregnant. Do you know she's pregnant? But I think she's pregnant by little Nas X. Just listen to me, mother. Okay. First of all, she's not even pregnant. She's not pregnant. No, she got somebody she said, pregnant. She said that <laughs> she was. It was an interview where she said they asked her, "Does she want to have kids one day?" She said yes, and she said clearly it means my girl would be pregnant, not me. Oh, I thought she got pregnant. I did. I did a lesbian once. I had, it didn't work, but she started to suck my like she. Eat I was like, "Bitch, put my legs down, motherfucker! I'm a grown." <laughs> well, what's the difference? How do you? How do you suck a like? Get my legs behind my head. Yeah, how do you suck like you? When she tried to put your. Oh, okay. she, I never get my ass. Well, you you sure? many years ago when I was married, this is long. I was young. I married at a very young age. My wife was a freak. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I don't get my ass anymore. That's but you have though. Yeah, I was young. I didn't know. I didn't know what she was doing. I, I mean, you, you know to, what she was doing. So I, I did not know. Doing. I thought she was going to suck my. Unless you know her tongue in my right, bitch. No, don't do that. Did you stop her? Yeah, I just stopped. You said no after. And let me ask you. So you can put your your feet behind your head. No, I cannot. No, I thought you just said you did it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying the lesbian chick tried to put my leg what? behind my head. I but see yeah. people were mad at you. Um, they you, always when, mad at him. They are. Home, <laughs> when you were home, mm-hmm. I, I guess you posted a picture of your home in uh, Africa. Yeah. And I guess when you when you came out the crib, they noticed that your home was the only home like that in the area. I've been looking for a house back home because I'm building a school in Ghana. So you I building feel, a school for building real? Building a school in the village. My mother wow. Yeah, yeah. It's about Congratulations. 30%. Thank you very That's much. That's exciting. And I'm uh, building a school in my mother's village, which is about two, three hours away from the city. And the village is a little tougher because the kids out there, they have to drive or get a long way to get to school. And most of the time, the schools, the government school, which is considered public schools, fills up pretty fast because they're free. Mm-hmm. And then everything else costs money. And the kids can't afford to go to school. So they don't go to school. They just walk grounds. And I figure out, you know, let me build my school for free. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've been looking for a house for three years. And this house is like so beautiful. Like I saw it online. I didn't see it in person. Mm-hmm. You know, price was decent, mm-hmm. a little high for Africa. I, I'm in love with this house, but it's got to be something. There's something about it that I'm not going to like. And I got there, and I'm like, I knew it. It was where it was. You know, it was. it's a new developing area, so it's mm-hmm. not completely finished yet. But when that area is finished, it's going to be worth millions of dollars. Okay. Mm. At first, I didn't want it because I didn't. I wasn't comfortable with that, but I said, you know what, this is what I came from. You know, these kids are going to be one keep an eye on my house because I'm barely going to be there. And I didn't have a problem with that. But eventually, they're going to pay those people to, you know, to move out. And they're going to build more houses in the area. So you gentrify the whole neighborhood. I'm nigrifying it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just got, I got a property in Ghana. You did? Yeah, it's on the beach. Oh, no, no. I heard about you. <laughs> man, shut up. You ain't hitting nothing. You didn't say anything. So how's the podcast going, man? Mother sucker. 
Chinese you know what? best friend. Chinese best friend. This what, nigga, happened, what happened with him? I don't see with him no more. I've been I've been on the road a lot, and his lady won't let him go anywhere. Cause of you? No, no. He just you know. I wouldn't if I was her. I wouldn't let him go anywhere. With Why? You what's either. wrong with me? <laughs> you 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 be around too many women. She's probably like no. I mean, he most of the time he invites the women, and then he acts oh, like he has nothing to do that? with it. So now you're snitching on him. Chinese, but he's not listening to this. <laughs> but his girl might be. His girl listening, man. She's from Hungary. And did Ben fun. Simmons really try to holler at your girl? Man, yo, dead serious. And the thing about it, I'm not even the type. This, this that was guy, your guy, though, right? My guy. Like, you know, from day one, since the day he got drafted, I remember when I ran into him on South Street in Philly. He's like, who oh, you recognize me? He said, we took a picture together. He's like, tell me a joke. I said the Sixers, because at that time we sucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, today he still laugh at that joke to today. Right. And then we became cool with the Eagles game together. With the, you know, even sometimes when they travel, go out of town, I go to games. You know, he could hook me up, whatever. But then I remember um, he, he he initially met up with me the first time. It was um, it was a Miami game. It was during Super Bowl weekend. Right. He was with uh, what's the the family that always up people's lives? What's the Kardashians. The Kardashians. He's with one of those. His daughter. Kendall Jenner. I think. Yeah, he was with Kendall or something. And then I introduced him to Ryder. His it's my girl Ryder. And then a moment we got back to the hotel, Ryder's like, I think he was in my DM. I'm like, uh. I said, you know what? He's he seen me on. I drew a bunch of chicks. He's probably just seen one of one of the bitches I just be with. You know, excuse my language. Um, so <laughs> you done said bitch ten times. Yeah, why? Why are you apologizing? Really yes, you yeah, did. Because she looked at me funny. I've been looking at you funny this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen some girls on my page. He's like, hey Mike, who's this girl? Hook me up, and I've I've done that. Ben Simmons. Yes. Okay. Okay. I've so you Ben now. You hooked him up. Snake Ben. So um, <laughs> so I I have hooked him up, and I was like I was like, listen, he, it's a whole lot of chicks in my in my page. He probably just think one of them that I just you know they don't mean nothing to me, so mm -hmm. don't worry about it. A week or two went by. She said he's in my DM again, and then he's on my Snapchat, and he was hollering her. You know, he's talking about hey, you know, you want this, whatever, something like that. So then I had, you know, I had a problem. I never even approached him about it. I just lost all respect for him because he you know that was your girl. Guy. Yeah, right, you know, right, right. at the time he knew my girl. Huh? He was hacked. He hacked. That ain't the first time I'm sure you lost your girl to like a more Richard, I didn't more famous celebrity. Oh, I didn't lose her. <laughs> Why you but the thing about it, I have a really loyal woman. Right. You know what I mean? I don't worry about anything. But what about when y'all were on a break, right? You guys had a, a little brief breakup, didn't you? We had a, we had a couple of uh, breakups, but she's she's that loyal that I'm, she's not the type that would go and want to any of my friends. You I mean, guys the, aren't friends? How long y'all been together? No, no, I'm just saying this is one. Huh? How long y'all been I together? About two and a half years. How, you sh I mean, I'm, I'm sure she is trustworthy, but how do you know for sure she's trustworthy? Uh, you know, you could you feel it, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know a hoe when I'm with one. I've been with a lot of hoes. Now she had a problem <laughs> with your lifestyle. Did y'all squash that out at what times? Uh, I mean, we've we've negotiated. Mm -hmm. You know, what does I'm, that mean? Me, I mean, I'm cutting out on the side bitches from you know from three a month to maybe one. We negotiate. I'm allowed to have one chick per month. Okay, that's a good. Compliment. So only one day per month, you're allowed to do what you want to do. Well, not one day. I one mean, like person. you, you know, one person per I month. I feel like it's, that's riskier because then it's only one other person. You might get more feelings. There's no feelings, man. I mean, as opposed to like multiple, if you with one woman. So can she have one a, a month? She have any woman she want, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what about God? She, she can't, can't have no God. <laughs> Women are not built for that. You can't be taking two, three ladies. Explain, Mike. <laughs> what do you mean? Because women are more emotional. Yeah. You know, you have things going inside of you. I don't know. Nowadays, you. you guys are kind of emotional. I'm not emotional. You just got emotional over Ben Simmons. No, no, no. Because I thought he was my friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little disappointed in him. Yeah. Right. It's more disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought you still was a light skin thing, but you light skin, you cool. Maybe, maybe he didn't. Maybe he's seen you with other women before. I'm like, man, Mike don't care. Mike no, got no, a bunch of different once chicks. Once he realized when he, I mean, this is like 
two months ago. Now you know for a fact it's a chick, my girl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He should have known. He knew it. There's so no. So what excuse. happens if you see him now? Probably smack, smack the shit out of him. You ain't gonna I'm do that friend. to Ben. Nah, nah, but he, I mean, uh, <laughs> Ben is going through enough shit, okay? He's trying, instead of trying to shoot a shot, he should shoot free throws. He got a whole lot of other shit to worry about. You know, what team's gonna play for? I don't give a trade to the Shanghai Sharks, okay? <laughs> I don't even care anymore now. I mean, I bet I'm not. He got bigger problems now, you know? It just humbles you. Sometimes yeah. you need mm -hmm. something to humble you. He just thought he's on top of the world, you know, because these guys get 180 something million dollars, and they think they could just do whatever and disrespect and do anything right. you want. And now God would bring you down. down. All right, we got more with Michael Blackson. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Michael Blackson. Yee. Do you think couples retreat helped your relationship? Yeah, it helped me pay some bills in COVID <laughs> when I wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but overall, I think it did. You know, it made me understand her a little bit more, get, to, get into her feelings a little bit more. Because I'm more like... African man, like you know, everything's gonna be okay. Just, you just, I'm just. These women don't mean nothing to me. You know, you mean the whole world to me. You know, but then she more like want to like. I mean, don't get it wrong. We've had fun. She's been with some of these girls as well. This is just not me being a thought by myself. We've had three some, four some. Did she want to, or she was doing it because of you? Well, she, you know, later on she told me she, you know, Mike, I really doing this for you. Wow. Did you feel bad? No. They didn't stop. What do you mean? Did he feel bad? Nah, I didn't. I mean, my thing is, I just. I realized that it just in me t to live that life, and I, I mean, uh, and I realized that after I broke up with my ex, like when I when I was free and doing whatever the f I wanted to do, and I had a bunch of female friends sleeping with all of them all at one time, all together, whatever. That's, I realized that was my life, and when she came in, that's what she saw, and she figured out she could come and probably eventually tame me down, and it didn't work like she planned. It feels like you have your wall up, maybe. I have my what? You like your yeah, wall is up, big... like you're not allowing. You gotta relax, man. Work. You're not allowing like yourself to love the person no, the way you could. No, no, no. I do love her. I know that, but I'm saying it could be. You say he gotta the... relax. Like when he got his ass, he gotta just relax. No, no. no I'm I, not that, was, that. that was 20 years ago. But yeah. all I'm saying that made me nervous. is, it feels like all these women might be a reason for you to not give your all to one person. That's no, no, no. I really feel Ryder is the one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Really? When yeah, you say yeah. the one, what do you mean, Mike? Marriage? I mean, you introduce it to your mother. She didn't meet my mother, and she went to Africa to meet my mother. That's great. Wow. Um, I feel she's only because, you know, she's got, I never had a woman that had my back like her. She's wow. loving, don't want, never wanted anything. So do you yes. feel like you sacrifice enough for her? Because it feels like she sacrifices a lot to be with you. She do. That's why I did sacrifice, and I cut down to one bitch a month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, if you guys are okay, I can't judge anybody else. No, we get, yeah, I mean, so as I long think, as she's okay with it. She's okay. She wants, she, I mean, don't get wrong, she wants some kind of, like, commitment, because she feel like, because she's looking stupid, like, you know, Mike, she feel like, you know, you could, you, should, you could replace me any day. Like, I'm, she want to feel, like, you know, a little bit more special. So would you get married? <laughs> Marriage to me is very religious, very spiritual. You know, because when you get married, you put God into this relationship. Mm -hmm. Without God being in there, I feel like I could just do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Once you put God in it, the f isn't he laughing at? Man, you Once are you crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> you laughing at my logic? That's funny as hell, though. It's like, ain't, God ain't with us right now. God ain't with us. Right we get married. I want. God is always with you. I understand that, but he's not in the relationship oh, with us. Oh, man. He is. What if Ryder said no more side bitches at all? Not even one. Who? My whole thing, I don't want to be lying. Because mm -hmm. so I lied my regardless. whole life. I was okay. I lied to everybody. You know what I mean? Is she that lifestyle still fun though, Mike? What? F a bunch of other women. Yeah, it's fun. Really? 
Fella, we everything we've done in our life, we do it for women. Yeah, but I'm we like, we get a nice car because we want to put a bitch in the car. You got a nice house, you want to put a prick in the house and fuck in the house. You have you, you wear nice clothes to the girls, like damn, that shit look nice. Let me fuck him. Everything's for sex, sex, sex. You said that shit look nice. Let me fuck him. No, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> That's, my, yeah, the he girls. wants the women will say oh, that. Oh, I like porn in the one woman though. Like I like being a faithful uh, husband, he's a married a man. I do. You've been faithful your whole life. No. No. But I've been super faithful the past. <laughs> and six you years. was married. So you cheated on your wife. I got married in 2014. Okay, and yes. you cheated when? I cheated for the, the first two years of our marriage. See, she does God, not like when see, he discusses this either. But. God was not. You see, God. But that's why. God but that's why I stopped. Though I stopped because number one, I want to do right by God, and I want to do right by my wife. So and he's my, not married. Is his point, right? Who you? You. We You're not, not married, married, so I'm not married. Yeah. God is not in this. He's not no part of this. <laughs> Once I put God in it, then I can't not do it again. Gotcha. But you now can't. How, but you got to stop those habits now, though. You got to be ready. I'm so. probably gonna get married in like January 32nd, 2039. <laughs> <laughs> how the, how your kids? Kids are good. Mm -hmm. uh, my oldest son. We know we talk about that issue with him. He's doing better. You know, not where I want him to be. You know, but he's uh he's he, you know he decided to stay with his mother and. He's, you know, he's staying out of trouble. The twins are doing great. Mm -hmm. They're on vacation with the mother somewhere right um, right now. You paying for it? Um, I'm sure I am. <laughs> um, I mean, but one well one deserved. good thing did happen. I mean, we, me and my baby mother beat for many years, been really bad, ugly, in and out of courts. But recently, I think the best medication for your baby mother is just you got to make up with your baby mother. You got mm -hmm. to just you find a way. Yeah. There's no other way. Any other way is going to cost you a whole bunch of money. We've been fighting for the whole the last year. It's cost me over fifty thousand dollars already just fighting. I'm like, this money go towards these kids' co college tuition, right. you know. That's so we found a way to be to both be two mature adults and work it out. That's dope. You know. So shout out to them. I'm, I'm, I don't know what, and this all happened in the last couple of that's days. That's good. That's good. So yeah, that's a big. That wow. has to be a like relief mentally for you. Big. Too. It was the. It was the only thing that was keeping me away from living my best life was the fight that I had, the the, the struggles with my. So what was mother. the fight about? What was the fight about? It's just everything. It's like um, custody. Ego. COVID f***ed everybody's life up. Combined prior to COVID, you know, our, our court order is, you know, she put them on the plane to come to me. And then COVID comes, she's, you know, she said the kids has, has had asthma before. So, you know, she want the kids to get on the plane. Right. Understandable. You know, so um, I didn't like that idea. Because I'm like, kids, yeah. yeah, I'm like, you know, people are on the plane, they're putting a mask, they're following rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. And that should not stop custody. You know, so that was a big fight. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go fuck up your money. I'm gonna go get a place where, the, where you guys live and try to fight for some custody. Mm -hmm. You know, and that went up for a whole year and it was ugly. And you had COVID before too, right? I did get it. Uh, it affected your sex drive. I didn't want, I was, sex was on my mind. Till my, till my girl decided to come and, you know, she came out like a few, I told her, she came out a few days later to like, you know, take care of me. And mm -hmm. we ended up fing doing. COVID. She put a mask on and everything. <laughs> did she? Yeah, dead serious, actually. But y'all weren't social distancing, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we still practiced. We still had a mask. Did y'all do it outside? I, no, no, we did it. I opened the doors. I mean, the, the, the balcony doors. <laughs> and I hit it from the back. So it's like, you still social distancing. I mean, it's six That's feet. That's six feet. I'm my six feet, so it's pretty <laughs> <good>. <laughs> But how did, how did it affect you? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I survived it. Nothing, you know. I went, I mean, I had it hard, right. you know. Not much a lose of taste, you know. I'm, I had like bad sore throat, and I goggled some salt water, and then, um, you know, it helped it. So once I was able to eat again, I was a little feeling better because I, I, I remember I'm too skinny anyway to not eat. So I, I lost like six pounds and eleven ounces, 
And then, um, but I went through all the diarrhea, headache. Oh, it was bad. I was, I thought I was, I didn't think I was going to die. I knew I was going to go. Do we had Hughley on. He said he wanted to kill us up. Well, I don't know about all that, man. He said that's how bad it was. Nah, did you get it? Mm-mm. Not yeah. that I know of. But you didn't get it then. You'll know when you really I think I, I think I had it like early back in January. I haven't gone around. Like I didn't know I had gone around. No, because yeah. no, no, some, some people have no symptoms and, and, and really symptoms. don't know. Yeah. More people have no symptoms than people that do. For real? Yeah. Mm, had a cold. So you vaccinated? I got the card. But are you vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> but are you vaccinated? Too? I got the card. What do that mean? What you, you think you, that you means? You can't be scared of vaccines because you go to Ghana. You don't got to get I, shots to go to Ghana. Well, you get it once every 10 years. The yellow fever shot. You get it once every 10 years. Okay. No, I have the card. I mean, I, I have so yes, you are vaccinated. <laughs> no, he got the card. He has the card. Dude. I have the card. That means I'm. Vaccinated. I mean, vaccination is to protect you, though. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I, so, I, I wear condoms. Yeah, you don't want to. She wear condoms. What do you mean? I mean, it's free. What? It's like, come with. The, you take a, when you take a vaccination, you get the card. Yeah. Oh, so you? Oh, so he's got vaccinated. I got the card. All right, well, Oatmoo, we got more with Michael Blackson. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Michael Blackson. Charlemagne? What's next for Michael Blackson, man? Ah, uh, well, we do, you know, we got the podcast, Motorcycle mm-hmm. Podcast. Comes on, you know, Black Effect. Black, Black Effect, iHeartRadio Podcast Network, every Monday. Every Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm sorry. Damn. This I know. It was Monday. It was never Monday. Oh okay, every Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> every Same Tuesday. day as Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's doing. Uh, I guess it's doing good. It's, I mean, going, it's doing really. It good. is really. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I the don't advertisers just scared of you, but that's all. Uh, tell them not to worry about it. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm. What else next? I'm back. I'm going back on tour. By the this fall, we're back on tour. Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. You know, prior to that, I'm doing my own thing. Um, selling out everywhere all over again. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good feeling. Jamie Foxx, big fan of my work. He wanted to produce a show with me, for me. You know, kind of like my life. They figure out like, my Instagram is like, they all live through my life. And they said, Mike, your life is a is a show. I don't even know if you can produce you. What do you mean? Why you say that? Because y'all are so, it's so real and it's yeah. so raw. Like, as soon as y'all get y'all and be like, oh, do this and do that. I don't know if it'll be the same. Nah, nah. I, I mean, I, I, I follow rules. I know what not to do. When, you know, I I'd rather them just turn the cameras on and let you live and edit it from that. That's why. That's, that's hopefully that's probably what they would do. Yeah. And just cut out all the, 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 you know, the crazy part. That's but what yeah. the people want, though. The crazy part. I know. I know. But <laughs> I mean, it, it depends what network goes to. I mean, yeah, if, we, yeah. if we got a Netflix, then you can wild out, man. If you it's gonna be on BT, then you know you gotta calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's pretty much that. You just out here getting money. I am. I'm not even gonna front. And we appreciate you. <laughs> Time, but like you know, can, y'all ever met Ryder? No. Who's that? No, seriously, get the tell Ryder to come in. Oh, that's that's Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The white girl? She's not white. She's oh, Cambodian. Come on, Ryder. <laughs> you making her famous? What you making her famous? They've been on TV together. Oh yeah, come on. She hates. Hey, Ryder. Come on, Bay Ryder. Miami. Yeah, you remember you met her in Miami? Yes, you I did at the he Super Bowl. It was beautiful. Well, what, Super Bowl week, correct? Right. Yeah. That's, that's he said he gonna marry you. He said uh, he wanna get married, right? I wanna get married. Seriously, play what? <laughs> Why did I say that? Why did I, I say that on the show? You I did. That. I I Wait, that. you told me that the other day. You going back on it now? Oh, he did what? tell you he wanna get he married. Did. Oh, my God. Yeah, nah, I've been married 20 years. Oh, he about to propose. He about to propose. He about to propose. He about Michael, stop it, Michael, Michael, get on your stop knees, it, Michael. Stop it, stop it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Put the mic over there. Yeah. Oh, the mic. I can't. Oh my this is amazing. Say it with your chest, Mike. 
What you mean? Like, she said, is it bye-bye? Bye. I'm proud of you, King. 90% of the side bitches, bye-bye. Mike, I'm proud of you, King. Congratulations, my brother. Congratulations. That's what I'm talking about. Grow the up. I love to see it. I'm happy for you, man. Congratulations, Ryder. Congratulations, Ryder. I can't believe this. Wow. This is real, She is shaking. She, not even, she was not expecting that at all. Well, thank wow. God she said yes. Or did Congratulations, you say yes? Mike. Congrats. Oh. That's big, bro. Oh, yeah. That's big. <laughs> you oh, playing this out. <laughs> you playing oh, this out. Mike playing this out. This has never ever, we have never had anybody A proposal, no. No. When did you decide to do this, Mike? Here, I and we got another seat here. Slide okay. it down. Yeah, you come on, that's here. When did you decide that I'm going to propose the rider? Rider. Uh, let me Rada. see. What did it? Uh, <laughs> I just, I just called you rider. Just some loyalty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never had a woman that's that disloyal to me. Wow. Ooh, that's that nice. nice. You know, Mike crying I behind him. Shit. Everybody yes, you. I see the tip, bro. Well, congratulations, congratulations, man. Meet the Blacksons coming soon. Oh, no, let me see coming soon to a network near you. Wow. Meet the Blacksons. Okay, Ring. And she got her nails done because that would have sucked if your nails oh weren't done. Right? No. Congratulations, congratulations, man. That's amazing. Well, Michael Blackson, yeah. Ms. Blackson, we appreciate you guys. Mrs. Blackson. Mrs. Blackson. Mrs. Rada Blackson. Rada Blackson. Are you going to change your last name? Yes. Okay. <laughs> a lot of chain blacks in. Yes. One question, right? Mm -hmm. When he had COVID, he mm -hmm. said that y'all really had sex during COVID. When he had COVID, you put on a mask. I came to take care of him. Uh, <laughs> wow. I All cooked right. for him. Envy really wanted to know if he got a six inch, six foot. That's what he really wanted to know. What? It, no, it's more like eight foot. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's bigger than him. That's why Mike married. I need that type of ego boost in my life too. All right. It's a congratulations. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela Yee here, and did you know that the General Insurance has been saving people money for nearly 60 years? Take a closer look at the General and see how they can help you save too. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They waiting for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. It's a breakfast club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Well, Donkey of the Day goes to two individuals uh, from Wichita Falls, Texas. Okay, a 20-year-old man named William Henderson and a 34-year-old woman named Rochelle Convery. Now, remember when Yee was talking about uh, the Brooklyn Nets owner who bought a condo Joe for Sy. yes for 157 million in Brooklyn and Kanye spent a million it's in Manhattan Manhattan and Kanye spent a million a day to rent out Mercedes Benz Stadium to finish his album and we got into a quick discussion about how you know people got it yep all right that's just not true the gap between the haves and have-nots is wider than it's ever been and these two individuals William and Rochelle definitely 
fall into the have-not category. I really don't think y'all appreciate your blessings enough. People out here starving. It's hard to see that sometimes when you personally live a certain lifestyle, but people are out here hurting, not knowing where their next meal is coming from. And when your ribs is touching like that, everybody food. Everybody's a lick, okay? People wondering why violent crime is up all across the country. It's because people need money. People need cash, and they're going to get that dough by any means necessary. Hell, the great black philosopher Sean Carter once said, broke don't want no cash. They just want to kill you. That is true, too, because people are hurt, people in pain, people got traumas, traumas they haven't dealt with, and they end up projecting that hurt and that trauma onto others, okay? That's where a lot of the violence stems from. In the case of William and Rochelle, that's what it feels like to me. See, William and Rochelle have been arrested and charged with aggravated robbery. Who did they rob? What did they take? Well, let's go to KFDX NBC3 for the report, please. Two people remain behind bars tonight after police say they robbed a woman in a wheelchair of her groceries. 20-year-old William Henderson and 34-year-old Rochelle Conbray were arrested this morning and charged with aggravated robbery. When officers spoke to the victim, she said she had been pepper sprayed and robbed. During a confrontation with the victim, Conbray took out pepper spray from her purse. Henderson then took that from Conbray and sprayed the victim in the face. The pair then took mayonnaise, potato chips, and a portable fan from the victim and left the scene. The victim told police the names of the suspects, and officers found them about 15 minutes later in the 1000 block of Holiday Street with the victim's property and the pepper spray. Now, according to a law firm in Texas called Luster Law, aggravated robbery without any criminal history can get you a sentence in Texas ranging from a minimum, minimum of five years to 99 years our life in prison. Think about that. William and Rochelle took a penitentiary chance of epic proportions for some potato chips, a portable fan, and some mayonnaise. We don't even know what kind of mayonnaise. Was it Hellman's? Duke's? Heinz? I mean, it's not like knowing what kind of mayonnaise justifies anything they did, but if they went to jail for some store brand mayonnaise, ugh, it just makes this hee-haw hit harder. Now look, I scribe to not judge people for what they do when they are in survival mode, but can you imagine getting five years in prison, possibly 99 years in prison, because you stole potato chips, mayonnaise, and a portable fan from a woman in a wheelchair? What kind of potato chips were they? Kettle sea salt and vinegar? Miss Vicky sea salt and vinegar? Cool Ranch Doritos? Chili cheese Fritos? I mean, those are my favorite chips. Not that it matters or justifies what they did based on the brand of potato chips. Inquiring minds like myself would just like to know because I'm always intrigued by how the human brain works and what moves people to make these kind of choices. Now, the portable fan is self-explanatory. I was looking at the temperature this week in Wichita Falls. They got highs of 103 with over 80% humidity. Totally understand why you would take the portable fan. No need to explain that one. But I do want to know, when people do things like this, are they aware of the consequences of their actions? Because if you have to rob someone for a portable fan, some potato chips, and some mayonnaise, then you don't have money for a paid attorney. You just don't. They're going to give you a public defender, and the public defender is going to do their job, and they're probably going to do a good job, but you're still going to prison. And I'm telling you right now, last thing you want to hear when you're in a prison shower is I bet you can't eat just one. Okay, a bunch of people in prison trying to get you to reenact the Doritos finger-licking commercial. Ain't nobody got time for all that.
The moral of the story is don't make a permanent decision based on temporary emotions, okay? That woman y'all pepper sprayed, that woman in that wheelchair y'all pepper sprayed and robbed is traumatized. She's going to have to do a lot of work to move that trauma through her body. And William and Rochelle, y'all going to prison. I don't care if it's the minimum of five years or the maximum of 99 years or somewhere in between. You're going to prison for a permanent period of time based off temporary feelings and circumstances. Now, I don't have anything much to say here, except now it's time to play a game of Guess What Race It Is! All right. Wichita Falls, Texas. William is 20. Rochelle is 34. They pepper sprayed a woman in a wheelchair and robbed her for potato chips, a portable fan, and mayonnaise. Angela Yee, Guess What Race It Is! Let's start with William, because it is two people. Caucasian. You think they're both Caucasian? Yes. You say that with a sh- without a shadow of a doubt. No doubt. Why? Just from the whole description. And are there a lot of black people in Wichita? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. not sure about that, but. Okay. Okay. And the uh, mayonnaise. All right. The mayonnaise is really a, it's really a dead giveaway. Uh, DJ Envy. White. Which? <laughs> you take both of them, William and Rochelle. Yes. What gave it away? Mayonnaise. 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 <laughs> so much goddamn mayonnaise. <laughs> well, I would have to say that y'all are 50% correct with this one. It's a trick question. <sighs> Rochelle is absolutely Caucasian. Okay. Okay. William is Indian. Don't you even think about it, Red. I don't don't, don't you yeah. even don't you don't you even think about it. Okay? But but, but William is Indian. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Huh. So please give uh William, what's his name? Please give William Henderson and Rochelle Conbury the biggest hee-haw. That play every genre of music, but See, I, I, didn't, we, no we, we, I don't think we've ever had a, a Indian and guess what race it is. And mm. I don't even want Red to even assume. Okay, I got you. Okay. That is smart, smart. Don't smart even choice. assume. Smart choice. All right. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Yes, now. indeed. All right, we got more coming up next. We're The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. Yes, indeed. We have Erica Ford and Andre and Norman. Welcome. Please, good morning. Please, good morning. Please, How are y'all? Doing wonderful, man. Definitely doing wonderful. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, they're here because uh, Andre has an initiative called the Academy of Hope. Tell us what the Academy of Hope is, brother. The Academy of Hope is a program that's designed to help prison violence. In South Carolina, a few years ago, seven brothers lost their lives. And in response, the director of South Carolina Department of Corrections, Brian Sterling, brought us in because he wanted to decrease the violence. So we got all the leaders of all the different organizations in South Carolina and said, we have to stop this. We put them in one unit, the heads of all the different organizations, and they agreed to a peace treaty. Mm. And they've been building and learning how to do interventions and help each other first get along and then carry it out to the population. And um, it was probably like six months ago, one of the brothers saved the lieutenant's life from being murdered. So how, uh, how did you start those conversations with those brothers locked up? I mean, we went in, the entire prison system was locked down for five months after the riot. And we came in, they opened the doors. I said, you, let, you gotta let them out. They wanted me to talk like one door at a time. I'm like, that's stupid. I said, man, let these brothers out. They've been locked down for five months. When they came out, we talked, what was good for them? What's, what, what about your family? What about your future? You know what I'm saying, do you want to get out of here? Because I got one of my homies that was with me. He did 29 years mm-hmm. and we flipped his case and got him out. He's like, listen, man, let's do law work. Let's not worry about contraband. You know what I'm saying, let's, let's do paralegal stuff versus hustling on the yard. 
And we talked to them about their freedoms, about their family. And that's what the Academy Hope's about. Now, Andre, can we talk about your background and why this is something that's important to you in particular? It's important to me because I spent 14 years locked in a cell. I had a 100-year sentence. I had a total of 100 years. And I was inside doing what I do. Six cases, shipped around the country, um, doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, representing, getting the name. Then I woke up one day and I realized I was a king of nowhere. <laughs> and I had, I had the bag. I had the respect. I was the king of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I said, this ain't it. And I said, well, I want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I did is looked at the people who went home, white, black, Spanish, Asian. Nobody went home and stayed home. I said, freedom don't work. I need successful. So I said, I'm going to go home, be successful, and go to Harvard University. Mm-hmm. Everybody thought I was crazy. They said, you can't go to Harvard. They said, you can't even read. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? All you do is you want to hold for trying to just all the time. But I didn't care what nobody said. I taught myself to read, taught myself to law, went back to court, went to programs. And for the next eight years, I worked on myself. And I had mentors in my life, and I got out of jail, and um, I got a Harvard fellowship now. I've worked at the White House. I've been at London Business School for 20 years. And I've worked around the world with tons of people, and I could not go back. Right. I've been going back since 90 minutes after I got out of prison. Prison, parole office, youth center, doing the work. That's why me and Erica connected, because we do the work. And that's what's so important, too, because you talk about your background also and what even led you to ending up in prison and just kind of how you were raised and what you saw and what you thought was normal growing up. For me, I went to prison not because people didn't love me, not because the neighborhood was bad, not even because schools were bad. I went to jail and the prison because my father taught me how to quit. Mm. When he walked out on us, he taught me quitting was okay. Mm. And so everything in my life, music, sports, leadership, I quit, I quit, I quit. And it left me all positives gone, left me only negatives. So I went to jail for being a quitter. Well, how you don't decide to quit after getting sentenced to 100 years? That's why, that's why I told you, know, the fact that your organization called the Academy of Hope, like you had to have some type of hope even back then because 100 years, Lord have mercy. When you get off the bus, the big homies pull you up and you get into the flow. I wanted to go to school, wanted to go to learn how to be a forklift driver. And they're like, yo, man, it's, that ain't the life up in here. And they taught me the life in prison and I rode with that. And it wasn't even about doing 100 years, it was about staying alive today. And that day-to-day grind, just six years later, I didn't been shipped to nine different states. I got kicked out of Massachusetts, kicked out of this one, kicked out of the feds. I was in Terre Haute in the 80s when it was a gladiator school. Mm-hmm. And people just get murdered every day. And you just get into that groove. It's like dudes who hustle. You mm-hmm. get into that groove. Mm-hmm. You got enough money. Why are you still hustling? Mm-hmm. You got into that groove and it's like... How old were you when you got sentenced to the 100? 18. Okay, great. Not great, but did you realize what 100 years was? Because I sometimes think these kids don't know what the numbers is when they get sentenced, man. No. You don't, you don't even think about it because the math doesn't make sense. <laughs> you just like, okay. You get, off the, you get off the bus. For me, it was a reunion of all my friends from the dummy class. It was a reunion of all my friends from juvenile probation. A reunion of all my friends who got kicked out of school. Mm-hmm. It was just a big reunion. And everybody's there not focusing on reality. They're still living in the fantasy world of Oz. Like, this is, this is cool. And for six years, it was cool. I had fun. I ain't going to lie. Really? Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, fun. But you what did was, like two years fun? in solitary, right? Yeah, I did two and a half years in solitary. Yeah, what's fun about that? Like, what's fun about all that? It's like, what's fun about being on the block at three o'clock in the morning selling crack? That's real. Dudes do it. Mm-hmm. What's fun about getting up every single day and coming to work? Dudes do it. I mean, you get into the lifestyle and you think you're making moves. But the only thing is you ain't moving up the ladder. This ain't a corporate job. It's, it's They put you in the tailspin. So you wake up and you realize, damn, I'm 16 years in. My homie walked up. He was 25 years in. They had them on Florence ADX locked down. And it's like, 
You get into a mind. It's a mindset. Yeah. What, what do you say to kids that that grow up and they always say, "I always say, I have no other way to do it. I had to do this. I was stuck. This is this is my environment. This is my area. This is all I can do." I believed you up until right now. It was all you can do until right now. Mm. See, now you have Life Camp. Now you have Academy of Hope. Now you have other programs that are going to show you how to make that transition. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I believed you. Up until right now, all you knew was trauma. All you knew was negativity. All you knew was the hustle. Now, do you really want to change? Yeah, think about how some people never leave their neighborhood. And they don't even know, like, what they could be capable of or see other things. Because when you grow up, you're so used to being in this, like, you know, a few blocks of where you grew up. You're so used to the people that are around you. And you don't even see, like, what your life could potentially be. And some people's parents are stuck in that cycle. Yeah. So their kids get stuck in the cycle. And their parents, you know, block their children's ability to fly high. You know, and it's like you have to, it's like you're fighting for the mindset of a whole community. And that's why we address violence as a public health crisis. Because you have to help people heal and transform. Mm -hmm. You have to change mindset. Because what we're doing is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. We care about people. The people who own these institutions and create the environment for us not to. Because every community, when you cross a certain line, it's fundamentally different. Mm -hmm. The stores are different. The food is different. Mm -hmm. The school learning the is different. The lights are different. The lights is different. <laughs> street the street, there's yeah. no sidewalk. You know, everything is different. And so how do you, you have to expose people to the world outside their block, right? And let them know that there's hope and opportunity on the outside. You know, I, I, I was very, when I first met Andre and saw that he was a brother, because we hire credible messengers. Most of the folks that we hire are formerly incarcerated men and women. And Andre is like an, uh, um, he breaks the mold also of that you just got to be you. Like, you got to be that OG, like always ignorant, you know? Like, no, you don't. Like, mm -hmm. and so there's Andre and another brother from Chicago, Dr. Chico, they receive, and a lot of folks are receiving their doctrine going further to now we have influenced the White House to put $5 billion, we talked about it last time we were here, in the infrastructure bill. And that would help us provide more programming and service and really build an industry around violence prevention. You know, just like when the hip hop industry, the music industry first started, you know, we, we're looking to do the same thing. All right, we have more with Andre Norman and Erica Ford. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Erica Ford and Andre Norman. Charlamagne? Why, why are organizations like Academy of Hope so important, Eric? It's important because you you got to reach these folks, and you need they need access to people like um, Andre to give them the ability to understand that they could do it too. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, me coming up to them is like, yeah, 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 but you, you know, you ain't never did what we did. It's like they mm -hmm. say all the time, right? But he could say like, I not only did it, I excelled beyond it. And and he still makes a whole lot of money doing what he does, you know? So you don't have to be a herb or a bum or whatever it is right. that Body people think it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be very successful doing this work. And that's what people need to see. You know, that's why I, I talk a lot of time to artists and celebrities about making this work cool. Because if we're not on The Breakfast Club, we don't exist. Right. You know, if we're not hanging out with somebody who got a rep, you know. Born day. Today's my born day. <laughs> oh, happy born day, No, man. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm on The oh. Breakfast Club. Oh. <laughs> you were like, hey, happy Gemini's in the building. <laughs> Do you, we see a lot of people talking about prison reform, a lot of celebrities, and you've been doing the actual work for such a long time. So you long have time. seen 
a lot of progress, would you say? Because we have a lot left to do, but you do yeah. have hope for that. Yes, yes, I do have hope. But a lot of people talk loud. They're not really doing a lot, you know, and they get the access to the resources because they talk loud and they have the camera and they have the microphone. But a lot of people who are doing real quality work, like if we put millions of dollars into stuff, that we've been doing the same stuff that he's talking about here in Rikers mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. and 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 then they Rikers is different because they changed the, the administration and so they stopped the program, right? So now there's no program and there's a whole lot of fighting between correction officers and inmates in Rikers now. They need to put the programs back that work. Like th this is a, a lot of society is backwards. Stuff that works, they don't invest in. Mm. Stuff that don't work, they invest in. You I was going to ask, how did the, the, the prison administration contact you guys, and how was that? Because it feels like a lot of times you would just think that the prison administration doesn't want to hear what we think works, and they just want to try their own thing, whether it's more police or more officers in there. So how did that conversation happen? Most people go what they know. That's just the standard. Whether it's policing, whether it's DA, whatever, they go with what you know. If it's the homies, you get more homies. I was at a conference speaking, and when I finished speaking, a lady named Mina Staley walked up to me. She was a director of programs for South Carolina. She said, that was a wonderful speech, but can you actually do that? Mm. I said, what do you mean? She said, we just had seven brothers mm. die and 30 people wounded, and we've been locked down for five months. We don't have an answer. Can you be our answer? Mm. And at first, I was like, I'm busy. I'm like, lady, I'm a motivational speaker. I make 10 racks of speech. I'm flying around the world. I catch me in December. It was August. And she said, where's your commitment to the work? Mm. <laughs> Canceled my whole schedule. Seven days later, I was in South Carolina called the homies, and three of us went in there. And we spoke at 10 prisons over six days to 8,000 people. Were you nervous that they weren't going to be uh, receive you guys well? No, nah, if I can't get along no place, I get along in the penitentiary. You know <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I got no worry about going to the penitentiary because I grew up there. I speak that language. Once yeah. I start talking, they're like, oh, he's from They know. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. saying? Like, yeah, you yeah. got thousands of people who talk to work, but they are, I got literally my brother right now, Dominic Williams, 29 years, wall to wall, is in South Carolina prison right now at Lee Correctional, doing the work. Damn. You know what I'm saying? We got brothers inside, Tracy Fent, South Carolina freedom fighter, inside today, doing the work. I got Sean Henley out of South Side of Chicago, inside today, doing the work. If I wasn't here, mm -hmm. I'd be at the prison. This was supposed to be yesterday. When you bumped it, I said, yo, y'all, they're like, yo, Dre, go rep us. You know what I'm saying? I'm here not to rep Andre Norman. I'm here to rep the brothers from South Carolina who were inside, I'm saying, trying to be heard. Like, they're doing great stuff. How do we put this program in every prison? Right. How do you put this program in every prison? It's a conversation either with the governor, the president, I'm saying, the people or the director of corrections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we just go in. I mean, I've had corrections officers. I met with um, the guy, brother who runs New York, I'm saying, two weeks ago. It's just about networking. It's who you know. It's not what you do. Mm -hmm. I would think that uh, people would listen to you, too, because... 100 years you did 14 like you, did you learn something did you learn some, the legal system or did you get out on appeal no, no I, 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 my case is in the books no no you go Commonwealth versus Honor Norman I'm in the books you know what I'm saying I had 100 years worth of time I was supposed to do 28 you know what I'm saying I flipped and gave back like 10 or 12 of them and I made parole mm -hmm. so it wasn't like I had it wasn't all consecutive but it was 100 years worth of time gotcha and when I came home when I was inside I started studying that's the greatest place to study there's no greater place to study than independent country because your focus is on. Mm -hmm. so I come from a world of get it right or die. When I was hustling inside, it was get it right or die. When I started studying, I had the same attitude. Mm -hmm. And I learned the things I needed to learn when I came home. I was waiting for this expert to pop up and to say, yo, you don't know nothing about this work and this embarrassed me. But I would go places and nobody knew about the penitentiary because they'd never been.
They read a book. Somebody told them about it. Some intern did a story. Mm -hmm. They never been. We go inside. We don't sit outside with a. I ain't got no niggas. People who hold signs. We go behind the walls and we sit with people in they cells, in they pain, and we help them heal. Because if you don't help them heal, right. they'll never grow. What rights do incarcerated individuals have when it comes to corrections officers being abusive toward them? Is it? Do you feel like helpless about that, or what can somebody do if they're being mistreated? You're being mistreated. Um, you can file a grievance, but a grievance goes back to the same cycle. I mean, the the whole correction system. It's like saying, "What what rights of a slave have?" Right. I'm saying you own the plantation. End the story. Mm -hmm. It's slavery 2021. So I'm not going to try to dress it up because I worked there. Prison is slavery. That's right. You know 13th saying? Amendment. Oh, that's it. 13th Amendment. Mm -hmm. Unless you commit a crime, you... The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Erica Ford and Andre Norman. Charlemagne? What, what does that healing look like, Erica? The healing Dre was talking about. The healing looks like... One of the things that we used to do in the prison is... <laughs> fight with them around the diet of the folks, right? We used to do yoga with them inside, and we were in the worst unit here in New York City, and so they were in cages, right? Mm. And we would do yoga in the in the, in the, in the cage with them. Um, we would do meditation with them on a day-to-day -day basis. We would have them do different kind of readings and understanding about this is not you. This doesn't define you where you are. And healing you know like you got to let go of what brought you here what is the pain and the trauma that you were dealing with that caused you to do that crime or caused you to do because the first thing is keeping folks out of prison right and then if they go into the prison then allow us to work with them to transform them so that they come back to society a whole new person and in terms of just what people can do in terms of support is you got to contact the people outside you got to have advocates that can raise the attention of what's going on inside the prison to to bring attention to it so that they can get relief. Um, because if nobody knows, then it's gonna go um, on and on and on. And, and a lot of people are being violated in prisons. A lot of people are serving time for crimes that everyone knows they didn't mm -hmm. commit. You know, it's a business. And in order for the business to stay running, you need people in there. And so that's the flip side of the work, you know, um, Really, I would love to close all the prisons and allow us to really help our people heal. Give us big estates and compounds that have land and opportunity to expose them to something different. Because a lot of young kids you see picking up guns now, that's their pain. They, they, mm -hmm. they committing, to me, some of them are committing suicide, mm. you know, um, mm. because they don't want to live, because they think that they have no hope, you know, because everything in front of them is quitting is is failure is death is you know abuse um it's trauma and, and generational trauma brings generational pain and that's what you see a lot of times in these kids and that's what happens when they you know because when he talks about his father quit that's a pain of a man leaving you that you thought was supposed to be with you for your whole entire life so he can say it and i see him when he's talking to his father i see the pain still there today you know he might try to laugh out of it but you know it's he still there this Yes, he did. He's like, I ain't seen you in five years. Wow. I don't want going on dad. I'm saying shout out to dad and Connecticut. Yes. But um, I brought my son up here. She's done yoga with my son. And the the thing I, I was inside the other day, my son wrote me a letter when he was flying home. Uh, he lives in London. 
And he wrote me a letter, said that he's proud of me and that um, he loves me. And he didn't, he read my book for the first time. And he's like, yo, dad, I didn't know you went through that. Mm. I just thought we was like rich our whole life and this is how life was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, because, and he wrote me that letter. I read the letter to the brothers inside and I cried as I read it. I'm like, dude, it took me 14 years to get this breakthrough. You got to hold your line, man. I said, yes. I couldn't go against the family. I had to put up with some stuff that I knew I was right on that I knew I could speak to, but he's 12, he's eight, he can't understand. So I had to take it on the chin and just wait for my victory. And my victory came last Monday. And I told him, I said, it took me 14 years to get to that point where my son said, Dad, Dad, I love you and I'm proud of you and I get it. Was there a reason why you didn't tell him beforehand? You know, you go through stuff and you don't want to ever confuse an eight-year-old by telling him, okay, you were told this, but it's really that. Mm -hmm. You were told that, because it's just gonna do more harm than good. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know something? I gotta take that, I'm the man. I gotta just take it on the chin in the interest of his mental health and well-being and just be the bad guy for a little while or let that story float for a little while because the day's gonna come. I don't have to be right today when he's seven. I don't have to be right today when he's 12. If I want him to be long-term healthy, then I gotta take this. I gotta carry this because I'm his dad. And um, he made it through and I got my victory. Wow. Erica, when you talk about the main things to try to keep people out of prison, period, right? I want you to um, also look back in retrospect. Are there things that you feel like could have helped you so that you didn't go to prison? Because I think there's a lot of people who are struggling with their own kids right now that are like, I don't know what to do. I can see the path that my child is headed on and I don't know how to help. First thing for parents, ask for help. I mean, don't be overwhelmed, don't be embarrassed. That's one of the biggest things I run into because I work with white parents, Spanish parents, black parents. And they're scared, they embarrass acts for help. Like I can't control or govern my own child. And for people who want to be helpful, there's a, every gang member, every criminal, every whoever, drug dealer, drug addict, is sitting right now in a K-1. He's seven years old with dirty socks, and he, he, he looks, his hair's messed up. If you go give him a sandwich and a hug and some clean socks, he'll do whatever you ask him to do. Kids right now in K-1 are just looking for love and look for something to eat, and they're not getting it. It's not till they're 18 years old with a gun in their hand, then we come in. But you need to go down to the K1 and K2s and get them before they turn. Because yeah. they sitting there right now and everybody's ignoring them. Mm-hmm. What you think, Aaron? When he said the thing about being right, right? Just parents, I never gave birth to any kids. I got a thousand of them though, right? Parents have to be their child's parents. Too many parents want to be their child's friend, want to be the homie, want to hang out with their kids, smoke weed with their kids, you know, and you have to understand the impression that you're putting upon that child. You're putting too much burden and responsibility on a child to understand and navigate adulthood, you know, without guidance and supervision and rules and regulations. And then when they get into a situation, then they stuck and you like, what, why you, why, why, no. This came into being. It didn't just happen today. And so, and, 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 and oppression brings that. I don't want to, you know, make it like our community is, is guided towards failure. It's guided towards a mindset of, of mediocrity, of ignorance. You know, um, I heard y'all talking about that brother when I was walking in here. And um, there was a whole conversation for the last couple of weeks about WAC 100 and 69, right? And many people got into that conversation. And I said to one of those people who got into the conversation, I said, if a police walked up to you 
and said those same words or called you out of your name, are you going to respond to them? Mm. And they were like, no. I said, so why are you responding to a police out of uniform? Mm. I said, a lot of things are set up in our community, in our culture, to take us off our square, get distracted from what we're supposed to do, and, and get victimized, mm -hmm. right? One way or another, people could get into a fight, get shot and killed. I, I'm from Jamaica, Queens. I know what happened when Rick Ross and 50 Cent had a beef. I know what happened when Ja Rule and 50 Cent had a beef. I know what happened in our community a lot of times when different people have beefs, it trickles down to neighborhoods, right? And people don't see that. Mm -hmm. They don't see that, right? And so I, I, I know it's a long thing, but the avenue is we got to take care of our kids. We got to take care and we got to ask for help. We got to support help. We, I don't do this because I'm trying to be famous. I'm not doing it for money. If I was, they, he tell, people tell me all the time I'm stupid, right? Because I could be making money. I could be what is ever famous, you know, whatever that is, right? But that's not my intention or my purpose here in this world. It is to give the tools to the people and connect people so that you have an opportunity that you thought and break this system down because it is killing us mentally and emotionally more than anything else. You know, and our kids can't deal with the mental destruction, right? Mm -hmm. They can't deal with it. So when you talk about trauma and get help, they don't even know how to get help. And so they're getting help smoking a blunt, drinking whatever it is they drink, popping pills. And then you got it. Everybody got a gun now. Mm -hmm. It's a system that's set up for us to fail. And there's got to be so many other ways for us to do it. It's going to take Biden and Congress to vote for the infrastructure bill, vote for the, re the um, reconstruction bill. And, and really support the $5 billion so that we can give people the tools that they need to do this work and change our lives. Well, give them the website so they can, you know, Absolutely. look it up, look up more information. Well, the website is AndreNorman.com. Okay. Um, Erica Ford, Andre Norman. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, what up, y'all? It's DJ Envy here. Listen, mediocre phones are out. The new Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G is in. It folds clothes and fits in your palm and even bends to stand up on its own for hands-free selfies, group shots, and videos. So cool. Shop now at Samsung.com. 5G connection availability may vary. Check with Carrier. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. We have Tamla and David Mann. Welcome. Thank Good you. Morning. Thank you for Good having morning. me. Thank you. some weight there, brother, huh? Well, I'm trying. That ain't the problem. The problem is keeping it off. Right. That's the problem. Yeah, that's a fact. Trust me. Right. I know. <laughs> you lose so much weight, they said you lost like 30 pounds. Yeah, I'm just trying to watch my diet, trying to do right. Trying to do a little something. And y'all mm -hmm. both on this journey together, too, yeah. which yeah. I think is helpful. Yeah. We are. It, hey, hey we've, we've been tracking a long time, 33 years, so we're trying to keep up with each other. Now, listen, this new album, Overcomer, is very inspiring. And I do love the song that you have with Wyclef and Kirk Franklin, because, you know, it's got a little Caribbean vibe. Hello, oh, God. Yep. Hello, God. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was really fun putting it together. We had, of course, of COVID and everything. We had to do it separately. Tell me COVID Kirk, to go to hell. Me and Kirk, <laughs> me and Kirk uh, did. I was together because we're both in the same city. Right. And uh, we did it at his studio. And then Wycliffe sent his stuff. And uh, it was just amazing how it happened, though. It's my fun song. It's just saying, hello, God. Just wake up in the morning. Just give thanks. Just thank God for another day. That's a good drive to work in the morning. Yes. Song. It's Absolutely. a good wake-up song. Good wake-up. Great wake-up song. 
Man, and let me ask you this, but Kanye, so, okay. I was talking about Kanye's new album, Donda, and I do like like the fact that his songs have these, I like the songs that are more like religious that are on his album, like more have that kind of feel to it. You know what I mean? Like they feel spiritual. Have you listened to it? Cause I, haven't have, I haven't yet. had a chance to hear the new new one. I haven't mm-hmm. had a chance, but I he, I was reading the reviews and I was like, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah! Some hurt. of the reviews came from up here. Oh, really? I haven't had a chance to hear any of it yet. But you know, if I feel like if we're spreading the good news and you know you're trying to inspire and uplift people and give people hope, to me that's what gospel music is about. It's about the good news, mm-hmm. bringing good news and just encouraging people. Right now, all of us need some type of encouragement. That's why we did the album Overcomer. Just to let people know that we can overcome whatever obstacles that we're going through because all of us are dealing with something and we need help through something, help with something. And just just I'm just sending people as an encourager that God is my source. He's my help. And that that's how I get through things is is with God. Let me ask you a question and and not talk about Kanye. But what do you feel like when you see pastors or musicians or artists where they speak the good word and they speak it, but then when you see their life, they don't live it? Because the gift comes without repentance. That's what the scripture says. So, I mean, sometimes some people are very good at what they do, what they do. And they, the thing about it is they may be able to help somebody out of what they're dealing with. can't help themselves. And can't help themselves. And And I I think what what they need, like what we all need is grace. Mm -hmm. And mercy. More grace. Mm -hmm. Because... uh, I think sometimes we put people on a pedestal and say, you mess up, you know, that's that's it. it." Mm -hmm. And I think we have to start showing more grace to each other. That's what we have to do. More love, more grace. I've decided in the last two years what COVID has taught me is to love more and judge less. Okay. So if I'm doing that, I'm going to say, okay, bro, I understand you made a mistake. You're not perfect. Let's pray. Let's restore and let's move on. And what if they don't feel like they made a mistake? Well, then you I mean, got. Then they have another. Then, problem. They, then they have. Then that's out of our hands, right? Because all we have to do is just again, like just like our kids, we try to be the best example that you can for your kids, your grandkids, or just people watching you guys. Just like with this, it's like you're not gonna do everything right. Everybody's not gonna like everything you say. Correct. They're not gonna like everything that we do. But all we can do is just be the best example that we can be. Do you call people out on their bullish though? Yes, I would. Yes, he does. <laughs> And if it's not good, he'll say it's not good. But I think you need to sometimes because I think people need to know the truth because a lot of times the people around you are there for different reasons. You know what I mean? Now what I'm learning to do is temper how I say it now. Mm -hmm. Because see me... I haven't learned that yet. I I say I'm learning. Okay. okay, okay. (laughs) Yes, I'm learning. Because a lot of times it's not... It's how we say it. It's not what... What you're saying is probably really good. And me and, and sounds good, but how we say it don't come out the right way. Probably right. what you're saying is right, but you probably just putting a little unk on it to, to make it feel but like I, I think you it's can't, not help. I, I think you can't let people just get get by with just doing foolishness, right? You know, because we have the saying when we're in the studio, if it sucks and it's terrible, tell me in here where we only laughing. I feel the same way. Don't get outside the door where millions of people hear it, and then you say. I told you. I, I started to say something. No, right. I'm, I'm sorry. You should have said something. No, I, and I got, you know what, and that's one thing I, I love about my wife. Sometimes it's too too honest. Brutally. Because see, your, your wife, 
Brutal. And your husband's the one that could stab you, and you know it really <laughs> hurts. Br- brutal Br- honesty. Brutally. Like, brutal we honesty. got 33 years of yes, that. So and we, and I got we 26. I ain't got my mother's <laughs> there. You on our coat table. You got But it. I got friends, like, and, it, and sometimes they so honest, you get so mad, but then you realize. It's, it's true. A, I have a friend, named Tina. She works at Def Jam, right? Now, she calls me every morning, and she tells me some, always some, She'll tell she'll leave with negative and then end with positive, right? But it's always some bullish, right? Yeah. But you know she loves you because she's staying from a good place, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's it's that's hard to receive. Sometimes. And you have to be able to trust the person. There has to be people that you genuinely trust. Absolutely. Right. Somebody that has your best interest. Somebody that has your heart. And you know you're not just telling me this just to tell. You're telling right. me to help me and guide me on the right path. But you also have to know that people have their own things that they're dealing with that we may have no idea about from the outside looking in. That's mm-hmm. right. So mm-hmm. things That's can appear right. away, but I think we do have to be more empathetic to people, especially during this time. And right. Even, even we're talking about her new project. Mm-hmm. People don't know that this project was a journey. Yes, it was. Like, it, it was, was a full journey. Like, people don't understand the behind-the-scenes stuff that was going on with her. Like, with, with the pain, I was, like, dealing with, with my knees, like, working, doing the plays, doing all the television stuff, and, and studio. And then I wound up doing double knee replacement because it got oh, that wow. bad. And, and that, that feels like, how painful was that? Because that feels like... It, 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 it was very painful. At yeah. first, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do one. Then I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and do both. So I won't have to take off work another Twice, six months. Right. So, you know, so it let, let's, let's kill it. And, and my doctor was like, I believe you're at a good age where you can handle dealing with and recover, working through both. And but it was a lot of pain. I cried. We did some social media stuff. I was like, I and don't in, know in why between I did that, this. trying to walk, trying to figure out yep. how to walk, going to, the, I mm-hmm. had to get up. This test show in sickness and in health in your yes. marriage. You know? <laughs> because he was like, I got a new. He said, you acting like a newborn. Because I would wake up in the night. Was like, come on, I want to walk. I want to just get up and just move around. Bottom line, thank God for good help being around you, especially with that type of surgery. You got to have somebody there to help you. With. And then in the middle of that, you know, you got a pandemic. Right. And then Mama's dealing with. Menopause. Yes. Oh. Uh, so, and listen, I love that you are so open about that because you're right. We don't talk about that enough. We don't. Like, I've never really heard anybody discuss. I've heard people, like, mention it or make a joke about you, it. You heard about the change. It's like, you going through the change? I was like, I heard that growing up all my life. Like, what is the change? You know, people think when you have your monthly, it's 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 terrible. This is terrible because it really sends you on a roller coaster. And, and it's like out of nowhere. It's like this morning coming, I was sweating. I was like, I done put on makeup. And I was just sweating. I was like, I'm really not hot. But you're sweating. The emotional part of it is crazy because I would be happy. Then all of a sudden, oh, oh, it would know, be, I would like, be how sad I, start crying. I'm going to tell you how I noticed it. It was like, because she, she talks to me really sweet. Like, babe, you know, <laughs> this is great. And I love you. And then she came back from the kitchen is like, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> what? That is not what <laughs> she didn't say that. But and that's that what it, felt, too? That's what it no, felt like. She no. got possessed. He didn't say that. I mean, because you can't, you know, it's, it changes. And right. it's like, it takes some, it's like something taking over your body that you don't know that's happening. So I'm just saying for you and your wife, you know, whenever that happens, y'all be patient with each other. All right, we have more with Tamla and David, man. When we come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Tam... 
We're still kicking it with Tamla and David Mann. So with your relationship, I mean, I, you know, people automatically assume you do gospel music, that the relationship has to be perfect. No. So what? Are, how do you, you deal with... You said that too fast. No. <laughs> how do you deal with problems in a relationship? Like, what? what is the best way that you guys deal with problems? Who runs? Who Who doesn't want to talk? Who likes to talk? Who likes I'm to... Not, I'm not the... I'm, I'm learning to become the talker. Me but too. I, but I have not always been the talker. I'm doing a lot better now because I know that's what he needs from me. It's for me to talk to him and let's talk through this thing. I'm like person of one or two words, and then, you know, I'm done with it. But, but I've learned to add more, mm-hmm. just, you know, figure out something else to say. <laughs> and <laughs> and drag this that. out. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, for me, I, I, I do understand our relationship is not perfect. What we are, we're a work in progress. Right. Mm-hmm. See, we do an evaluation every, every year. year. We do an evaluation. Like job, you, right? you should go. You should go and just go revisit your marriage vows. You know, like I say, I'm not trying to push it back to the album, but that's why this album for it, both of us was overcomer. so personal. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. the Overcomer title. Yeah. It really means something to us yeah. because and it, that's a nice, powerful song. Mm-hmm. It was. Oh. Thank you. Thank, I mean, but it, but it is because we all been we doing a lot. We've been working there, and it's like I want my things to change around me. But sometimes the change has to begin with you. It's okay to have a therapist and Jesus. Yes. It, it is okay because a lot of times we shun that stuff. Right. And, you know, I'm praying, what I am praying is that the, the Lord gives the doctor wisdom to, enough to help me. Right. So right. you guys have done therapy. We, we I have. I've, I I've gone. I I've gone because I'm a lot. <laughs> I'm a lot. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I, but I really do plan on going and talking to somebody because I feel like it's just good to have another outlet. What about couples therapy? Yeah, well, we... We, we haven't had it, no. But we, we've, we've but, worked some people through it. Yes, but we yeah. sit and we talk about everything. And I mean, we're the kind of people that it happens, it could be 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, we land in the bed, and we just start having like a session, just laying there talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then there's times that we have actually prayed at that time of morning to just really... Because we want our relationship to work. Divorce is not an option. We both put that out there that we're, we're going to work through whatever we, we're dealing with. And What was the toughest song to do on the album? What was the toughest one to do? The toughest song mm. for me would have been Overcome was because it was a whole different vibe for me. Yeah. Wow. And it was because it was like, to me, it's more hip hop, rockish. Yeah, it had a nice mm-hmm. rock. You it know, had a you know, turn up yeah. You know, it's kind of because it, but it's like, after like sitting and listening to it, it was like I'm not I'm gonna conquer this. So that that you, you and Hello God to me because they were told different. Yeah, those two songs straight away from the vibe the that I'm usually yep, yep, yep. The, you know the ballads that I'm used to that people are used to hearing from me, and that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is to hear me in another like give me an opportunity, give me a chance to just even for you to hear what I'm saying. You know I know I, it's a God is my faith is it. Yes, it's all about my faith. But the songs that we're singing are stuff that can really help you get through some things. You think I thought I would think he did it for me? No, because he did it for me as a ballad. The reason if he did it for me for me <laughs> on the album is I had a lot of people come to me and, well, actually, my radio guy came back to me after I did an interview with someone and they was like, well, why is everything coming to her? And it really pricked me because you know I grew up really poor and it's like mm-hmm. I know what it means not to have. And, you know, to go through without things. And I was like, the stuff that's happened for me, you know, was the favor. I believe it was favor of God that happened for me. And God did it. Like, even when you oh, first oh. went to go work with Tyler Perry, you didn't yeah. have money like that No, no, yeah. we, we were scratching. With, I mean, when we first met Tyler, David, actually, I didn't meet him. David flew and met him with frequent flyer With my frequent flyer mouth. Right. I, so, I, I wanted it that bad to go, mm-hmm. let's figure this out. And I used my frequent flyer miles. 
So, you know, that the song he did it for me is just it's just a testimony like, hey, of our this, gifts and talents. you guys didn't see this. Mm-hmm. Our, that I our, went through. Yeah. What we went through in mm-hmm. the beginning. And now, you know, you can see it now. But so it, it didn't come easy. Don't right. discount it. Right. You know, now that we're here, we had to go through some tr- some struggles and, mm-hmm. you know, trial. You're yeah. right. Everything's not perfect. Right. So was there ever a time in your marriage? What, what, like, what would you say was the toughest period for you guys to get through? My six year marriage. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We had our we we was having some you know some rough a rough patch, mm-hmm. and I kept you know I, you know your first years of marriage you always say especially for women we always say I'm leaving I'm taking my kids and I'm going now mind you over. that's one of my biggest fears I'm is to be left my, alone I'm mm-hmm. taking my kids and I'm going to my mama and then you know some things you know kept happening and you know it's just you know just disagreements because the thing about us honestly y'all not to make a perfect picture here. But we've had more happy days than sad days. Mm-hmm. We don't have that many arguments. Our arguments came when that time of the month, honestly. That's okay, when we. That's we, the real thing. That's mm-hmm. when we right. spat it, you know, or argued. So we had an argument, and I was, you know, I was mad. And I was like, I'm going, and I'm finna take the kids. Now she said, I'm going to take my, my kids. kids. And Wait, I'm going did to I go ahead? So this time, Don't you, you know. Don't you that, though? I'm going to take my kids my or kids. my bedroom. Because you did. Because you did. Y'all did help get the kids to. But y'all you, did. But, but you let us be She did a majority you of the work. You did beat these kids. Do, y'all got to do the fun part to bring the kids here. And then she did all the work. Well, afterward, she got the baby here. But I can... I he, honestly don't need a woman to help me take care of it. Because he was good dad. I, I can, I yeah, can throw the baby up, change the pepper <laughs> before it hit the ground. Nah, but I t- but I, I, t- I can't <laughs> breastfeed now. I can't breastfeed now. now. Right, and that, hey, I, I tried that. Tried. I, had, I had to get that one up. You that, know they got, I, that didn't last, but I tried. You like, know they got the little pouch you can put I'm on. I'm not putting that, that pouch on now. Come on now. <laughs> I'm not walking around with the pouch on. Y'all should come up with your own and market that, too. I ain't doing that. We'll call it the daddy nipple. The daddy nipple. The daddy nipple. No, but I told him that I I was gonna leave. He said, "You say that one more time. I'm gonna pack your stuff up and take you to your mama." Yeah. I looked at him and I thought about where my mama lived <laughs> and where I live, and she lived in a one bedroom house at the time. And I was like, "Where are me and my kids gonna sleep?" You hear she still said, "Me and my kids. kids." But I'm just saying that's what he asked. But that was really the roughest thing. And after he told me that, y'all, I ain't said that no more. So if we had let that break us up early in our marriage, we wouldn't be yeah. here living that's the right. dream. You yeah, know, I feel so. like y'all, y'all, y'all figured out your purpose. Yes, I do, and I think, and it, it really is. I I keep saying it, but we are sent here to be. I know that I'm an encourager. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, I mean, even before all of this, and a friend of mine texted me the other day, guys, and she was saying, you remember we used to go, we had this restaurant called Punchos. Mm-hmm. We really wasn't making a whole lot of money, but we were always trying to help somebody even before all of this. Mm-hmm. And she said, you remember y'all used to take me and my kids out? And mm-hmm. We was having problems, and I was having problems in my marriage, and y'all was there for us. And I just kind of got teary. Uh, I had it and I was like, man, I was like, I was like, babe, because I call him babe. I was like, babe, we was trying to help people when we didn't have nothing. Right. Right. And I believe that's why God has shown us favor and he did it for us, you know, and, and so we'll still be able to help other people. I think for, for me, it's to bring joy to people. I make people laugh. And once I realize I'm anointed to make people laugh, I'm anointed to bring joy to people. That's my purpose. Is to uplift people, mm-hmm. and that's that's what we're here to do. That's what that's, that's what this record but is about. But comedy and music, it just works in a different place to me. 
because it really does bring a lot of joy to people. David and Tamala Man, it's The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Listen, the positive note is simply this. Be with someone that's good for your mental health. Someone who brings you inner peace. Someone who challenges your bad habits, but supports your process of change. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? 